0: morning crypto. Good morning, Warriors. Hello and welcome back to another episode of your favorite crypto news channel, Good Morning Crypto, where we bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics from the top crypto research team in the world. I'm your host, Abs, joined by several members of our 3T family this morning. We have Mario, the Node Defender, joining us, Jackie, the crypto juggernaut of the XRPL, and Gonzo, the Crypto Goliath, all here to bring us some crypto gems. So very excited for this episode today on Good Morning Crypto. We will be discussing how Fidelity is bullish, showing us clear indicators crypto is severely undervalued. Is this a signal that the bottom is in? U.S. central bank raises the basis raises interest rates seventy five basis points, the largest rate height since nineteen ninety four. We tell our listeners how the Fed plans to combat inflation through the end of twenty twenty two. Bank of America Crypto Survey shows 90% of consumers are ready to enter the market, while billionaire investor David Rubenstein outlines several reasons he believes crypto is here to stay. Hester Pierce takes public shots at the SEC for its neglectful attitude towards crypto innovation, while Crypto.com, Coinbase, and BlockFi are all firing employees, Ripple XRP continues to expand. As the market is approaching its bottom, smart money continues to be more bullish than ever. And we have a very special treat for the XRP army out there as we show our listeners a clip alleging that the SEC called XRP not a security. Our show is available on your favorite podcast platforms like Spotify and Apple Music. And for those of you listening via podcast, our show is live on YouTube Monday through Friday, 11 a.m. Eastern at the 3T Warrior Academy channel. So it's another beautiful morning, and we got so much fantastic news for you guys. Anybody who's wondering where Jackie is, she's going to pop in live this morning, so we're real excited for that, but we'll kick it to the No Defender here. Mario, welcome
1: back on this Thursday, and how are you feeling on this morning? Feeling amazing, guys. Thank you so much, man. Great introduction as always. Uh, super excited to be here. It was so funny when you said Jackie on the show, and I was like, where is she? She's not here, but yes, yeah, she will be joining us very soon, hopefully. Mm-hmm. But uh, as long as we got you, man, you're a great, you're a great host and you know how to drive the content and drive the questions. So we're going to make this a good one.
0: Awesome. Thank you so much, Mario. I'm really excited for today. And it wouldn't be a Thursday if we didn't bring our OG, the Goliath is in the building. Gonzo, how are you feeling on this Thursday? And of course, we're excited to have you.
2: What's up, brother? You absolutely crushed that intro, bro. Like every day that I watch or I'm on the show, you absolutely amaze me, brother. I love you. That was awesome. Uh, But no, happy to be here. Good morning, everybody. Um, You know, yesterday I was a little bit disconnected with the markets and stuff. I kind of watched what the Fed was doing, but um, I had a family member that's in the hospital. So I spent some time there, but it's good to see you guys. Uh, Definitely. Uh, I love you guys. Anytime I get to spend some time with you guys and everybody out there uh, is, is a great day.
0: Thank you so much, Gonzo. It's awesome to have you. And I think you made me blush a little bit. But with that being said, we'll hop into this thing the same way we always do by showing you guys our Good Morning Crypto Twitter account at 3TGM Crypto on Twitter. You get access to our entire team. We will be live at 8 p.m. tonight. I am going to be with Johnny Crypto in person. So it's going to be a little bit different of a live stream, but we'll always have some fun. The Bitcoin Fear and Greed Index is the lowest it's been since 2019. We are in extreme fear sitting in single digits at a seven. This is catching my attention. We're clearly showing that this market is at least reaching some form of a bottom. And it's a good sign because anything that's extreme is not sustainable. The total market cap is $901 billion this morning. Bitcoin sitting at 44% dominance. Ethereum is 15%. We have Bitcoin sitting at $21,000 this morning, Ethereum 1100, Cardano is 49 cents, and this is important to note because Grayscale made a massive purchase of Cardano last month at 44 cents, so we're approaching those ranges, could be a great time for people like us to start watching this project. XRP is 31 cents, Avalanche $16, Kronos 11 cents. Stellar. 11 cents. Algorand, 30 cents. And Hedera Hashgraph, 6.5 cents this morning. We thought 13 cents was the bottom. We thought 9 cents was the bottom, but it turns out we're just continuing to drop across the board. I'd love to start off with Gonzo here. Gonzo, what catches your attention in the market this morning? Is there any projects you think our listeners should be aware of? Um,
2: you know what? Dude, I was thinking about this. It's, it's the seven, right? Is that a record? Is that a record? I don't, I, I was trying to think back and then, you know, like I said,
0: I, I was in your computer yesterday, but I think
2: seven's a record. Is it not? It's the I lowest. Know,
0: so when we were in the middle of that bear market in 2017, okay. right at the yeah. end of it, we touched single digits, but it's the first time in almost three years. Wow.
2: Yeah. Okay. So that's crazy. So, you know, more than just like what projects I'm looking at, just maybe a little bit about, you know, investment and strategy and stuff. Just make sure that you have a plan, right? Because, from what we can see, we're definitely in a bear market, right? But we don't know where the bottom is, right? We keep thinking that we're at the bottom and then what's the market do? It surprises us. So just make sure that you have a plan, right? You have a lot of people that are staying away from alts because they understand that if we haven't found a bottom, you know, we're down 80, 90%, we could go another 89% at right? But it all depends on what your strategy is. If you're doing like a dollar cost average strategy and you're consistent and it's over a long period of time, then these are great times to buy, right? If you're more of like kind of trying to time the bottom and you're just gonna put in um, maybe big chunks. And that's why it's so important that you know what kind of investor you are, um, you know, how much money you have to have on the sideline and what you're gonna do, right? Because we can continue to go down more. Uh, and then, you know, you're gonna see a lot of people that are that are not, um, that are staying away from alts and that are just like staying with the Bitcoin or Ethereum. That's on them, like me personally, I'm because I have a DCA strategy that's over a long period of time. I'm going to continue buy alts, but just, it's really important that you know what kind of investor you are, that you have a plan and that you trade that plan. Because if you're just guessing or just kind of throwing money wildly at it, um, you might end up getting wrecked.
0: Exactly. And I'd love to go to Mario next because you caught my attention here. You said that we're approaching a bottom, yet you still think we can go lower, and I think that that's the sentiment around retail right now. We are showing a chart right now that is the quote-unquote rainbow chart, and what we can see here is that we never dip below that dark blue range, and right now we are approaching that very, very quickly, so I do think we're going to find a local bottom. What's important to know is that the bottom of that blue line is about $17,000, and that number continues to come up. We had Ray Dalio and Robert Kinasaki say they're waiting for 17000 before they start dollar-cost averaging into this market, but Mario... I'd love to hear from you next. We're looking at the Bitcoin price chart and we're reaching a relative bottom, which means that we could be getting a short-term bounce here. Will you be using that as an opportunity to exit
1: the market or is this just the beginning of the end? I don't think these are times to be exiting the market, honestly. Uh, If anything, these are times to be entering the market. Gonzo said something very important, which is have a plan. And the reason why that's so important is because think about the sentiment that's going through the crypto market right now. And the sentiment is that we're going to continue going lower. And well, think about a few months ago, the sentiment when we were at all time highs, the sentiment is that we were going to continue to go higher. So this is the way that the market has a way of playing with our emotions. If you have a plan, then you know you're going to be buying whenever it's super fearful and you're going to stick to that plan. And then you're going to be selling whenever the market is at euphoric levels and everybody's being greedy and you're going to sell looking back to uh late last year i'm sure so many people can relate with uh not having sold as much as they could have or not having taken profits the way that they should have and so the same comes for a bear market you're a few months from now or you know maybe a year from now you're going to look back and you're going to say why didn't i buy more because these levels are already so low and think about it we could go lower but we know where we could go from from uh from an upside standpoint so does it really matter whether you're timing your your bottom of Bitcoin, for example? And I'm just going to use Bitcoin to, as an example at twenty thousand or even eighteen thousand. If we know for sure that Bitcoin has a massive potential, and then the next bull run could at least go to the previous all-time high, then you know a couple thousand dollars—it's not really going to be worth the uh, the emotional wreckage that that is going to create within you to try and time that bottom.
0: Exactly, Mario. And if you look at what happened in 2014, I think we reached about $3,500 at the market high. Then we went into a bear market and we got all the way up to 20000 Then we went through another bear market and we got all the way up to about $70,000. So it tells me that we're going to do at least a 2X from that $70,000 range when we eventually have our bull run But here's what I want to focus on now. Gonzo, I'm going to come to you. Today is the fifth day in Bitcoin history that the RSI is below a 50. Anybody who's in this market knows that the RSI is so important and the monthly indicator is as low as it's ever been. What does this indicate to you? We also have an article from Fidelity telling us that they think Bitcoin is more undervalued than it's been since 2011. I'd love to hear some of your thoughts, Gonzo.
2: Yeah, it just shows us that uh, it's completely... um uh, oversold, right? We're at, um, I think it was on the weekly, I'm trying to remember now, but we're like at historic, um, RSI, which is relative strengthening this, right? We're, we're totally oversold. So usually what happens is when we hit that level, we're going to get some kind of relief, right? So I was trying to do some tea this morning. It seems like we're, we're kind of like in this, um, downward wedge, right? So I could definitely see us, um, getting some relief, right? It's going to move the RSI up. But then I think eventually, if we do get some relief and move up in that wedge, we're going to bounce off the top and then we're going to come down. I think we're going to come down lower, right? Uh, and um, yeah, historic RSI lows. Um, you know, I, I was reading that article earlier about um, like the rainbow chart that you showed, right? There's only a few times that um, Bitcoin and there's Ethereum. They have charts for all the different cryptos that are are like it says fire sale, right? There it goes it's fire sale. There, there aren't very many times where um, we get that fire sale zone, right, where it's completely undervalued, right, what its net worth is. So it's definitely something to pay attention to because I'm telling you, I don't think that if you buy at these levels, when you look at it in the future, um, you, I, I don't think you can go wrong, right? The chart right there speaks for itself.
0: Yes, and we got some hilarious comments in the in the comment section this morning. So keep them coming, guys. We love interacting with you guys. And there's a reason we host these live streams live every single day. It's because we can talk to you. There are over 200 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are going to continue to bring you the most relevant and impactful crypto-related topics. And if you're looking to find these two beautiful individuals, the social medias are linked down below. But I do want to continue to focus on this chart real quick before we move on. Gonzo. What's clear is that a lot of the players in this market who were telling you to buy cryptocurrency in the fall are telling you to stay away from it now. And the leading thing I look at when I look at this chart is we never reached the sell zone. We never reached the FOMO. We never reached some of these higher levels where you would think you should be exiting the market. And I think that we might be going into a situation where these markets are getting less volatile. There's more serious players. People aren't willing to sell for a loss. And I'm really curious to hear some of your thoughts. Where do you think this market goes in the short term? Do you think we're reaching a relative bottom and are we going to start trending up soon?
2: Yeah. Uh, I, I mean, it's funny how they do that too. Right. Um, I, I, do think that we're getting close to a bottom, but like I said, um, you know, I do think that, you know, we're going to get some relief. Um, like the more what I'm focused on, where I think our real bottom is going to be is in the fall, Right. When, there's a lot of confluence there with the four-year cycle theory, with um, lunar eclipses back-to-back, one in October, one in November. So I think that our real, real bottom is going to be like in the fall. That's what I'm leaning towards. Um, but like like we said, you can't go wrong. If you start your DCA strategy and you do it over the rest of this year, you're going to catch a good spread of prices. And, a, and, a, and I mean, that's what I'm doing. And I don't think that I'm going to regret it when we're looking at a long-term time horizon at 2025 or even further, um, I'm going to be so glad that, you know, I, I I was able to, like we did this yesterday, Shelly and I sat down and kind of budgeted um, our finances because I want to know exactly how much I can put into the market every two weeks. Right. And so I wanted an exact number and and I'm going to do that. I'm gonna do that for the rest of the year. And I think that in the future it's going to pay off and I'm going to be so thankful that I got in at these prices. Right.
0: Exactly, Gonzo. And I think that's a perfect time to segue into our first topic. We are going to address the 75 basis points increase on the interest rate, but I want this to be a bullish episode. So that's what we're going to start off with today. We have some very bullish news. Fidelity came out and announced that Bitcoin is cheaper than it looks. An executive says that Bitcoin is severely undervalued and oversold at these prices. We also had a prominent influencer, Anthony Pompliano, say that the value and price are diverging. Weak hands are selling and strong hands are buying. So lots of optimism even within the dark depths of this bear market. But here's what's really interesting. It says that while Bitcoin has fallen back to levels since 2020, its price network ratio has reeled all the way back to 2013 and 2017 levels, which may indicate that this coin is severely undervalued. The price to network ratio is similar to the price to earnings ratio, which is used in the stock market. And it's used to determine whether a stock is over or undervalued. So, because Bitcoin is reaching some of the lowest levels it's ever seen on this indicator, Fidelity is counting out and telling us that these prices will basically, they're a gift. The price is now sitting below the network curve. And it's only a matter of time before we not only get above that curve, but trade above there for a significant period of time. The last thing I want to cover in this article is that they they say that Bitcoin is technically oversold comparing the price to spending behavior, meaning that the long-term hodlers are buying up from short-term sellers. This is very, very interesting because we haven't seen these indicators go off since 2011. And I want to reiterate what Pompliano said here before we kick it to Mario. What we're watching right now is the transfer from weak short-term oriented people with weak hands into long-term oriented strong hands, These are the lowest levels of fear and greed index has shown since 2019. And these numbers are always considered a buying opportunity. I saw we got Jackie in the background. So shout out to Jackie. Welcome into the podcast. We're going to start with Mario first. Mario, what does this tell you about the price Bitcoin is showing today? And what does this indicate about what institutions are going to be doing in the future?
1: Yeah, it goes back to what I was just saying before. I mean, this is the time that institutions know that they need to be buying in. It's during extreme fear. Again, can prices continue to go lower? Absolutely, but as we've shown that that rainbow chart, and we've shown many other charts, and the RSI, RSI levels, we're we're just so oversold at the moment. Um, we're at levels that it makes sense to be buying. So you can't exactly time the bottom. You know, can it? Can you get XRP maybe at twenty eight cents instead of thirty one or thirty two or thirty? You know, these prices that have been hovering. Absolutely, but these are the times you need to dollar cost average in. And as you see the price dip, you buy a little bit more. So you don't put all, all your dollars straight in one, in one go. You, you put it incrementally and, and that's the best way to go. And these are the times to be doing this. Whenever we get to euphoria, then we're going to be reminding people these are the times you need to be selling.
0: Exactly, Gonzo. I'd love to kick it to you before we hear from Jackie here. Jackie, first of all, welcome in. Super excited to have you as always. But what we're covering right now is that Bitcoin is historically low, not only from a valuation standpoint, but from the fact that short-term traders are exiting the market and long-term traders are buying their liquidity. Gonzo, don't even focus on what this means for Bitcoin. What does this mean for the markets overall? When Bitcoin starts moving, we know these altcoins are going to skyrocket because that's just how this market works. So what does this tell you? You know,
2: like you said, like we've been talking about, we're getting pretty close to uh, a bottom. And again, when we say bottom, it's not like, okay, we found the bottom, and we're moving straight up, right? What usually that means is that we found like the lowest point, but we're going to continue down. Like we're going to be in a bear market for a minute, right? Um, And so when we talk about bottoms, it just means like it's the lowest point, but we're just going to continue to grind, right? Because we all know, like if you believe in the four-year cycles and the halving, it's usually a year before the halving that the bear market ends and we start to grind back up. Right. And so that's what we mean by bottoms, but this just, uh, this just tells us that we're getting kind of close to a bottom and that the smart, this is when we talk about smart money and dumb money, this is where the smart money buys. Right. So that in 2025, when we're in the middle of all the hype of the bull run, they'll say, yeah, the smart money bought back in 2022, right. Or even before that's how it works.
0: And Jackie, we always talk about how 2023 is going to be the year for institutions to enter this market, and that's going to start with regulation. We're anticipating that Bitcoin is going to be labeled as a commodity whenever they decide to register these things as either digital securities or digital commodities. Bitcoin is going to be given a free pass, and it's going to be given a strategic advantage when it comes to innovation and adoption from governments. What catches your attention here? And of course, welcome in and good morning.
3: Thank you so much, guys. I I really apologize for just popping in and surprising everybody. But hey, maybe that makes things fun a little bit. Um, No, that's that's actually great that you pointed that out. We're seeing more and more um, come out about Bitcoin and Ethereum being um, commodities versus securities. Um, and being, you know, given those passes already, so I don't, I honestly can't understand why uh, retail investors would be selling at this point in time. Um, I'm kind of like, I, I mean, we're seeing, I'm seeing news articles. We, you guys are seeing news articles. We're all seeing news articles about big whales moving over um, money from their addresses onto onto exchanges, you know, this is a time that they're accumulating. When you get those types of notifications, that'll tell you something. I mean, you know, sometimes you have to be careful about where you're getting information and stuff like that, but um we do have good information on things like that and that that is what we are seeing at this point in time and we have been showing you guys these charts. So, um yeah, right now is the perfect time to buy actually I actually kind of have a personal experience I'll share um, I got like kind of a kind of a, a panicky message from my dad yesterday and he was like I need I need to get in I need to get in you know and and he was trying to figure out he he forgot the percentages um, that centralized exchanges take when you buy in um, with your fiat from your bank account right and uh, I think crypto.com is three percent. We found out uh KuCoin last night is 3.8 percent, right? And so he was making a big deal about the three percent on crypto.com and he's like, Well, I want to use KuCoin. Um, but at that time, we I don't think we were aware of the 3.8 percent, but um, so they make you do KYC now on KuCoin. Um, and I think when I first started using KuCoin, I didn't have to do KYC, I just made my email, my password, and yeah, I was done, right? And so that was a process and then he found out it was 3.8 percent. so then he got decided to go back to uh, crypto.com but by that point ethereum had already gained a hundred dollars yesterday right we saw a little bit of a bounce but i told him you know and this is the funny thing when you see retail investors get into the market is because they're like oh shoot you know i missed it by a hundred dollars i'm like no like oh it doesn't matter just just put some in right now because a year and two years Five, ten years down the line, it's not going to matter if you bought at eleven hundred or twelve hundred. You know that's. Yes, you want to try your best, but if you're new into the market, this is a good support level range. I'll I'll say range. Yes, this is a good support range to be buying in. Exactly. Yes. No,
0: you're spot on Jackie. And that's exactly what we're showing here. We got 236 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are going to continue bringing you the most relevant and impactful crypto related topics every single day of the week. But what we're showing right now is that Jackie brought up something important. Retail is selling retail is exiting this market. And what we're reaching right now is historical lows. On the RSI. This is the time when people should not only be entering the market, but accumulating if you've been here. Anybody who entered the market in 2021 is now down on their original investment. It doesn't matter when you entered. So I think this is a great time to add to your existing bags. If you have a $40,000 buy in on Bitcoin and we're sitting here at 21,000, it's a great time to add a little bit more and bring your dollar cost average down. But while we close out this conversation here, Mario, I'd love to hear from you. Retail is clearly more scared than ever. And Jackie brought up something important, which is that people are exiting the market when we're at historical lows literally the opposite of what we preach every single day on this channel but that's because they're getting that mainstream narrative that crypto's going to zero we're going to see 10,000 let me sell now and buy further on the dip these are classic misconceptions that happen every single bull run and you've been in this market since 2017 so is there any similarities between what we're going through now in 2022 and what you went through during 2017 bear market
1: yeah well 20 2018 i mean the, the similarity that i feel is the sentiment is the sentiment that you feel it's going to continue going down and the people that are selling right now, I, I don't want to judge. I think that you should be selling if you are over leveraging the market, if you have money in the market that you need in order to be able to keep up with your bills for the next few months, then absolutely do sell, because we just don't know if the market's going to continue going sideways. If it's going to go down, this is bear market territory, bear market territory. What it does is when you think it won't go lower, it goes lower. And then you think that's it, it won't go lower. And then it goes lower. That's just what bear markets do. So if you're over leveraged and you need money to pay your bills, you need money to survive, then by all means sell now because we just don't know what the market's gonna do. Otherwise, if you win it, if you're in it for the long term, just, just hold strong. The stuff that I and I say strong, not, no pun intended, but <laughs> um the the my bags from 2017 I and 2018, I just held them throughout the entire bear market. And and it it turned out okay. It turned out so that in 2021, when we had that bull run, the price appreciated substantially. So did I lose value or did I lose perceived US dollar value? Yeah, absolutely. But I still had all my coins. And remember, you only lose or you only realize that loss when you sell your coins. So again, no judgment. I can't, you have to define your, your, your own personal situation. So if you need to sell, then I, I I agree with it because you need that money. Then that totally makes sense. Otherwise, just hold through it. It's, it's the best thing you can do.
0: Yes, but I think you brought up something important, which is that you're talking about people playing in the market with money they need to pay bills. That's something you shouldn't be doing. I don't care how certain you are about your investment. If you need that money in a certain time period, do not put it in this market especially in times like this where there's so much uncertainty. We always talk about dollar cost averaging and that can be as low as $20 a week. You're putting in $20 every single Friday. You're going to have a great buying opportunity, especially in the long term. But Gonzo, why don't you close us out here and reiterate some of the things that people can be doing right now to be successful in this market. We're clearly in a bear trend. Obviously, we're telling people not to sell, but what are some of the other things that they could be doing to be a winner?
2: I was just trying to read some of the comments from Justin's just frustrating that we keep talking about Bitcoin. And some of the main ones. And and I think that the reason why we talk about Bitcoin is because it's the energy of the market. It moves the market, right? So if we can dictate what Bitcoin's going to do, we know what the alts are going to do, right? And we're in a bear market. And so you have to just be very careful when you're investing in alts, right? Because like we said, if we go down further, these alts can pull back even further. No one is questioning, like we're all altcoin heavy, right? Um, like all the ISO tokens, XTC... Uh, Quant. We love all those things. Right. But I think the reason we end up talking a lot about it is because it's kind of the energy of the market and it moves the market. Right. But we love all of those cryptos that you talked about. So uh, anyways, what was the question? (laughs) Sorry.
0: No, that's okay, Gonzo. We were just talking about things people can do to be successful within this market today. There's so much uncertainty. And Jackie brought up how a couple of people she know are so scared that they're actually exiting this market. So maybe you can add some reassurance there and just tell people how to navigate correctly during uncertain times.
2: Yeah, you know, just first of all, like what Mario said is very, very important, right? Don't over leverage yourself. Don't invest money that you can't lose. And I know that it's very frustrating because like I said, we did our budget yesterday and, you know, I want to grab more and more. But, uh, you know, you, you, you can't, right? And I'm guilty of it too, right? Because we have no idea, we can guess, but we're not 100% sure about the bottom, right? I see this all the time where uh, I get asked to Discord, right, from the 3T Academy, where people will be like, hey, I have like tax money on the side, um, or like their vacation fund or their Christmas fund. I was thinking about buying and then let it sit there for a couple months. And then when it goes up, you know, pull it back out. And I'm like, oh, no. You know, that long-term time that you're going to go ahead and flip that money real quick, you get wrecked, right? You have to have a long-term time horizon. So like I was saying, make sure you only invest what you can lose, right? Have a long-term time horizon and just have a plan, right? Don't just like guess. do your own research um, and, and just have a plan. Um, and if you don't have a lot, then maybe, you know, and you're trying to make maximum amount, make your money go the farthest then maybe some of the ISO tokens, right? Some like we're, they were talking about um, XTC, XRP, XLM. Some of those are really, really down right now. So your little bit of money is going to go farther. Now you have to be more patient, right? You have to let it run farther um, because they're so cheap, right? So just have a good strategy and a good plan, uh, it, I think, is the main thing.
1: Yeah, in, and then you yourself on a good try. Go ahead. Sorry, bro. Uh, I just wanted to add because for anybody that started, that's new to the channel and that hasn't been listening to us for a while, we, all of us, I'm sure I can speak for all of us, we're all very altcoin heavy. We actually, for me personally, I have barely any Bitcoin and I know that my my three colleagues here is the same situation. The reason why we emphasize on Bitcoin so much is because we know the power that it has in how it drives the market forward. It drives the entire crypto market. So if Bitcoin is going up, it drives the the entire altcoins up. If Bitcoin is going down, it drives the altcoins down. So we're just trying to understand the sentiment of where Bitcoin is going to go so that we can bring you that information so that you can then understand um, or have a better understanding of what you can expect from the crypto market in general.
0: Yes. Thank you, Mario. And we are going to shift gears a little bit, move away from the Bitcoin conversation into overall market sentiment. We have a very interesting story here. Bank of America consumer interests in crypto remain strong. So we actually have some indicators showing that retail investors are very, very bullish on this market. Bank of America's inaugural crypto survey is hosted once a month and they interview 1000 survey respondents of which 58% said they own crypto and 42% they do not. Overall, our founding suggest that despite the large correction in crypto valuations, consumer interest in the sector remains strong. 91% of respondents expect to buy cryptocurrency or digital assets in the next six months. This is the exact same percentage who six months ago said they had bought over the previous six months. So the growing interest in crypto stemmed from it being used as a payment method. And 49 and 53% of respondents expressed interest in using digital assets to make either an online or or in purchase payment this is what's really interesting that's how we get real world adoption here is when people can go into the store and use their XRP to buy these types of things whether it's XRP bitcoin ethereum ada really doesn't make a difference i'd love to start with jackie here jackie what catches your attention and how do you feel about retail being bullish even during these crazy crazy huge price pullbacks
3: yeah i see it honestly um i i think I don't know. I think a lot of people, it kind of struck their attention for sure how high Bitcoin got um, within this past, you know, at its at its top. And I think a lot of people did FOMO in. And I think now that we had corrected so quickly, um, I think they see that as an opportunity to continue to get in. I I think they're very Fearful for sure, but it is interesting because I think there are a lot more uh, catalysts that are throwing cryptocurrency out to the public right now. Um, for example, uh, Bitcoin and um, Ethereum, Litecoin. I think ATMs. I'm seeing those things in gas stations and gas stations near where I'm at. Right. I thought when I had flown out to Florida. I mean, you guys have so much. Um, you being out in Florida, abs. You guys have so much. A public display of cryptocurrency everywhere. I was amazed. I was really shocked. But the only public display that I have, being in Arizona, was when I walked into Circle K, a gas station, and and I saw a Bitcoin ATM, and I was amazed. I like sat there and stared at it, and I was like, "Who's gonna walk up?" You know, like. <laughs> and then I saw someone using it yesterday, and they actually you like scan your phone, and I guess you just put a deposit in. I don't know how that works. Um, I wouldn't feel safe doing that just because not your keys, not your crypto, right? And I don't know, you know, how that stuff goes. But um, anyway, yeah, I believe based upon the metrics, um, I know that's a small um, group of only a thousand people, I guess, um, and you are bank of america i don't know they're pretty shady to me but it's a small group of people that they are serving um but i i kind of agree with those metrics i think a lot of people it did strike their attention and a lot of people are interested now so a couple
0: of stats that caught my attention jackie is that 75 percent of the respondents that owned crypto owned Bitcoin, and 44% of those respondents owned Ethereum. But somebody asked for some Shiba love. We're about to give it to you right now. Other cryptocurrencies among respondents that were positive were Terra at 8%, Cardano at 8%, Solana at 8%, Avalanche at 5%, and Dogecoin and Shiba Inu, 26% of respondents said they hold some kind of a meme coin. That could be Doge, that could be Shiba, but I think that they should be accumulating other currencies like Avalanche, XRP, and Solana instead. But this doesn't surprise me because people are entering this market following headlines following narratives and chasing the money the people who are investing in projects like avax and solana and cardano are investing in the long term fundamental wealth they're waiting for people to come into this market start using these defi applications and then get price appreciation within those blockchains but we'll kick it to mario here mario what catches your attention are you surprised that 26% of respondents hold doge or
1: shiba no i'm not surprised because last year that's really what was the the high of the market it was it was the meme coin Era where everybody was buying into Dogecoin because Dogecoin was expected to go to one dollar. Then people started buying Do- Shiba Inu because they thought it was going to be the next Dogecoin, and then the other ones came about, and people were buying the other ones, which I can't even remember the name. I don't even want to remember the name, but that's uh, it was the hype of last year, and I, I really think that that's why it was engraved into so many people's um, into so many people's minds when it comes to crypto. People were seeing all these meme, meme coins, and that's that's what. Um, that's what set them, that's what set their mind up for crypto. It was, it was all the mean coins. So I'm not surprised to see that there.
0: Yes. And anybody who uses TikTok or Instagram, social media coins like Doge and Shiba, they get so much traction on those platforms that even with me, I was tempted to buy some Dogecoin and I probably should have in retrospect, but I stayed away from it because I couldn't understand the fundamentals. But most people don't look at the market that way. They say, look at all these people are buying Dogecoin. I'll buy some Dogecoin and sell it next month for a profit, but that's just not sustainable. I'd love to kick it to Gonzo here. A couple of things stick out to me, right? We got people saying that they own a lot of these meme coins and don't hold a lot of the fundamental projects. I think it speaks to how early we are. Only 6% of respondents own XRP. Anybody who's understood and done their homework in this market understands that XRP, Solana, Avalanche, Cardano have real-world utility being built. So why are they accumulating Dogecoin and Shiba when real projects are sitting at all-time lows?
2: It's, you know, it's one of those things, Dav, that um, you know, we know that the market's run by emotion, Right now it's all kind of hype driven speculative, right? The utility phase hasn't really kicked in yet. That's going to be in the future. Um, so I can see why the shib and Doge thing is higher than XRP and Avalanche, which is crazy, right? The lowest two is XRP and Avalanche two projects that we, that we believe in strongly, I, I know we've talked about Avalanche and what it can do, right? It's three blockchains in one. And I, I think that it can give Ethereum a run for its money. We were talking about a yeah, sub $20 Avalanche was at 15. It was just a great price. Um, And then we all, you know, know, I think all of us would say that XRP is our biggest holdings. Um, But because the market's run by emotion, um, I can see why the meme coin thing. And look, I'm not not talking crap about meme coins. If you know what you're doing, right, if you can get in real early and then you know that you're going to sell out of it, you can make a lot of money, right? You can ride that hype train up. But I would say you have to know what you're doing. You can't be like brand new and then think that you're going to like, hold on diamond hands of this meme coin because you're just going to get wrecked. Right. And I, I, I bet everybody's got a meme coin story where they uh, diamond handed it and then they got wrecked. Right. I mean, you can look at the price of SHIB right now. I think it's back to where it was, um, you know, in 2020 and stuff like that. Um, but that survey just tells you where we're at, right. That more and more people are not only um, buying crypto, but planning on buying crypto. Um, and that's where we are in the adoption curve, right. And then the other statistic is really important of using it as a payment method, right? The, the haters of crypto say, well, what's the use case, right? What's the use case? There's your use case right there, right? This thing is not going away there. You know, we're going to get more and more regulation. You see it, right? With all the stories that are out there with the mainstream media, um, regulation is coming. And um, this this asset class is definitely not going anywhere. We are just at
0: the beginning. We got 238 live listeners. Show us some love and smash that like button. We are about to start getting into everything that all of our listeners came for, which is that XRP content, baby. And we got in a fantastic video showing you that the SEC reached out to consumers like us and told them that XRP is what? Not a security. But before we dive into that, we are going to cover our next article, which is a Hester Pierce article criticizing the SEC for refusing spot exchange traded project products. So- Maybe the beginning of the end for the SEC here, but we'll dive into it. Hester Pierce criticized the United States Securities and Exchange Commission for its ignorance of crypto spot ETPs. She recalled that the U.S. is allegedly denying the approval of a spot Bitcoin ETF since the previous bull run. So it's been over four years people have been applying for this product and they continue to get denied by the SEC. Futures-based products and spot ETPs in Europe are added to the portfolios of dozens of asset manager heavyweights, giving them a strategic advantage over American investors. The United States ignores the maturation of crypto markets as trading platforms and cryptocurrencies as an asset class, which has limited investment opportunities for Americans. We're going to continue to dive into this, how the SEC's view of what crypto is needs to evolve. And we're watching that process happen right now through the Ripple XRP case. Let's start off with Mario here. Mario, what catches your attention and why do you think Hester Pierce continues to pu- publicly criticize the SEC while she's sitting?
1: Yeah, I mean, because she sees something that the SEC is clearly not seeing. She sees that this is an innovative space that needs the regulation, needs to be adopted. Otherwise, what's going to happen is it's just going to continue to seek. It's going to seek that development overseas, um, and so the United States is passing on an opportunity of keeping all that development and all that opportunity in United States ground. Um, so I, I believe that that's why she keeps pushing it. She sees that. And unfortunately, the people over at the SEC don't see it. Uh, the people over in government in general don't see it. I mean, I can't really blame the SEC just in its, in its entirety because the SEC is doing its job of regulating securities and the government hasn't done a good job at um giving guidance on what cryptocurrency should be regulated as. And so the SEC is only doing whatever the government kind of tells it to do. So, yeah, I I think that she's amazing though. I really I really like the way that she advocates for the space.
0: Jackie, does this catch your attention here? It said typically the concerns of Bitcoin critics are that it's extremely vol- volatile, exposure to fraud, manipulation and unclear asset around the status of these things. So, All of these criticisms are starting to look more and more irrelevant, especially as this space continues to adopt and we get Bitcoin and other cryptocurrencies being adopted by institutions and governments. What does this say to you here? How do you feel about Hester Pierce's criticism? And what does it say to you about what's going on with ripple right now? Is this lawsuit unjust?
3: Yeah, I, I will agree with Mario. I absolutely love that. She's an advocate for cryptocurrency and she's the one, you know, kind of sticking her neck out there for us, for us little guys. So I appreciate that. Um, and this is where the flip flopping comes in, though, with uh, what you were just saying, um, the issue with Bitcoin that was written in the article. But also, you know, we're seeing other articles where they're saying Bitcoin and Ethereum have that past. They are commodities, not securities. So that's that's where the confusion comes in with retail investors, you know, and um, I I can completely understand it because at times we we feel the same way. Um I and your last question was about XRP. You had a couple questions in there. I totally think that this will assist with that case. Um, You know, having more clarity on Bitcoin and Ethereum, once we get a final clarity on that, we will definitely get the final clarity, you know, when it comes to the XRP case. But I think the XRP case is going to bring about the most clarity within the space as a whole.
0: And I'm excited for it, Jackie. And that's exactly what our next update is about. We have a video. I do
3: want to say one more thing. Just one more thing. Um, I want to just address uh, William Harrington. I saw your comment. Guys, I, I see your comments in the chat as well. And I do want to say that I see them and I appreciate them so much. I just don't know how to comment back. I think I got to like log in or something. So that's my bad. <laughs> Go ahead.
0: Oh, perfect. Yes. So shout out to William. Shout out to William. But we have another video for you guys, which is very, very exciting. The author of the Loomis crypto bill Believes it is clear that the SEC has given up on calling XRP a security. And here is an example of that now. So we're going to get comments from the group right after we let this thing play. Here we go. That
1: group of disgruntled XRP holders attempted to intervene in the Ripple case as defendants, which is kind of an unlikely thing. And in doing so, they they filed a motion with the court in the Ripple um, action. And the SEC responded. And on page 24 of that response... The SEC acknowledged that the XRP token is not in, cel- in itself a security. And it said, said well, similar to the Gram token in Telegram.
0: Boom. I'm just going to re- let that replay one last time for everyone can hear. Here we go.
1: Acknowledged that the XRP token is not in, cel- in itself a security. and it's
0: So what he's saying there is that People like us wrote into the SEC to to bring up some relatively serious concerns about the lawsuit that's going on now. And what the SEC responded is that XRP has not acted like a security up until this point. This is a very important character to know about because he's actually creating the foundation of how crypto is going to be adopted within our government. So for him to come out and put out a video like that, it only backs up our case. What we've been saying since day one XRP has real world use cases outside of a security. If it was a traditional security, its success would be directly tied to the success of Ripple. But we know that Ripple could literally collapse, go bankrupt, and go away forever. But the XRP ecosystem would continue to exist. I'd love to start off with Gonzo here. Gonzo, what catches your attention and what does this tell you about the lawsuit going on right now? You know,
2: this, this doesn't, this is, it's funny, right? Because all it does is validate. This is why we're invested in XRP, right? This is why we always talk about like, all of us say this, that our biggest investment holdings is XRP because we understand the real world solve and the use case. And we understand that it's not a security. It's not difficult. You know, once you go and do a deep dive and you understand um, how it was made and what it does, that it's not a security. It's only the SEC. And we all know that this is all for show. So once you, you can get past that, once you understand it's not a security, now, now look at this. Now look at the price. It's literally, it's gone down to 30 cents. It's like at 32, 33 cents, right? So if it's not a security, and I don't, I don't think it is, right? We, we, we talk about this. It's not a security. But imagine what's going to happen once. And I know that we're in a bear market, so it'll be interesting with the timing. Because uh, there was a question that when do we think this is going to end? I'm thinking probably at this, the way at the rates going this way, probably end of the year or early 2023, we'll see, right? And then we'll see where we're at in the, in the bear market. Or in the cycle, uh, but just imagine the price appreciation just off the announcement that they've won the lawsuit, right? And so when people say, well, there's no use case, there's not this, there's a security, whatever, just think about that for a second. And then, because that's what I think about, and that's why I continue to dollar cost average index.
0: And for anyone who says that XRP has no use cases, well, it's public knowledge that it is over 30, oh, sorry, over 380 central banks worldwide have signed up to use RippleNet and we are getting weekly updates from Ripple. Last week, they just had a corridor open up from London to the UAE and this week they had a corridor open up from London to Brazil. So it doesn't matter that this lawsuit's going on. It may hinder innovation within our borders, but outside of the American borders, Ripple is performing better than ever. And that's exactly what Brad Garlinghouse said here. Brad Garlinghouse said that he was bullish on crypto in the long term despite the severe market correction. And because the company managed to secure a significant cash balance, it's going to make it possible to hire additional staff even during these crazy and uncertain times. Mario, we covered a story yesterday that Coinbase is going to be firing 1,100 employees. We have Crypto.com firing employees and we have BlockFi firing employees. Meanwhile, Ripple, who's being sued by the SEC, is continuing to expand not only its product, but it's team. It's in the process of hiring additional employees now. What does this tell you about XRP? And how bullish are you
1: in the long term? In the long term, I'm as bullish as ever. Honestly, um, I, I got into XRP in 2017. I experienced that hype with the MoneyGram partnership. Things I know that they're not working with MoneyGram anymore. But honestly, it's it's they've only just gotten better. They keep making new ODL corridors. And shout out to Johnny Crypto in the chat. Um, they keep making new partnerships, uh, new new advancements in business. And uh, Gonzo said, "Imagine what's going to happen when the news that they want come out. Honestly, I think it's going to be just as good if when the news comes out that they settled, even a settlement. Because I'm going I'm going to continue to say XRP in its form right now is not a security, and I don't think that it will be ever be deemed a security." through this uh th- through this lawsuit i think that it's just going to be a case of how xrp was sold by ripple back then which is what they're actually claiming uh, in the lawsuit correct me if i'm wrong but uh i don't think i don't think that xrp is i don't think there's a risk that xrp is going to be deemed a security at all this is just about how ripple sold xrp and uh and then they're going to get a slap on the wrist on the wrist uh settlement that's the way that i'm seeing it as far as time frame I'm no good with time, so I'm not going to say, but I mean, I've been hearing uh, Brad Garlinghouse and a few, a few experts in the matter, like, like uh, John Deaton and Jeremy Hogan. I've heard them hint at possibly towards the end of the year. So uh, we'll see. We'll see what happens.
0: Yeah, and I think one of the most difficult things to predict in this market is litigation that's going on, right? Because the opposite, crypto and litigation are literally opposite ends of the spectrum. Crypto moves way faster than people anticipate, and litigation and lawsuits, things of that nature, typically go on way longer. So you have polar opposite communities coming together during this Ripple XRP case. But What we're showing right now is that XRP, it looks like it's creating a double bottom, very, very similar to what happened in July of 2021, Gonzo. We got 250 live listeners out there. Show us some love and smash that like button. Gonzo, I do want to get some comments from you right here, though, because this is very, very interesting. If XRP is creating a double bottom at these prices, it looks like we're overdue for some very, very bullish price action. That gets me excited, but the market's bearish. So what are you thinking? Yeah,
2: I mean, definitely, right? I think this is what XRP does. It ranges. Um, you know, I, when we talk about can it go lower, Definitely. Right. I, I don't think personally, when I've looked at the charts and gone back, I don't think we'll ever, ever see an XRP lower than like 11 cents, something like that. Um, I, I think waters above like also talked about that too. Um, so, but yeah, definitely. But here's the thing. If you believe in XRP and it's real world solve and where it's going in the future and you're holding it long-term, right. Then does it really matter if you got it at 30 cents or 20 cents? You know what I'm saying? I mean, there, when you look at the math on it, 20 cents to 30 cents, not that big of a difference. Now, if you're talking 30 cents to like a dollar 20, where we were last year, that's a big difference, right? So, if you're going to dollar cost average, um, and you're waiting for like a 20 cent XRP, to me, I would just start dollar cost averaging now, right? Because it's a 10 cent difference, uh, and if you and if you're consistent, you're going to do it over a long period of time. But, um, you know, Mario triggered something in my memory. You know, if I, I, I uh, if you guys follow John Deaton, he was on the show with coach TV, he's the attorney, but I think he's spot on and he's way smarter than me because, you know, he's an attorney, but if, um, if they're it's all going to hinge on the emails, right? If the emails are going to get released, if the judge finally forces them to release those emails, I think it forces the sec to settle because they don't want that to come out. But if it gets rejected and they don't get forced to come out, then this thing might go all the way to the end, right? Because, it, but it's crazy, right? Because you would think that the SEC would not want this thing to go all the way to the end because if they lose, right, they lose the ability to now go back and mess with anybody else because it creates um, case law, right? That's how, that's how, that's how they work. It's going to create like basic rules that they have to now follow because, uh, because of this case. So it's going to be really interesting. I, I do believe what Deaton says is that it does hinge on these emails and what's in those emails because they have fought tooth and nail to not get these emails released. So there's obviously have to be something on there.
0: And you brought up something important, which is that this case is going to send president for the entire crypto market. And that's what we're seeing. But while I get comments from Jackie, I want to address this tweet right here. Ripple has just said that they have enough cash flow to continually expand their team and bring new employees in. While we have a number of other crypto companies laying off 10% or more of their employees, we got BlockFi laying off 20% of its employees, Coinbase laying off 18%, Gemini 10%, Robinhood 9% and Crypto.com 5% of its employees, which is a huge number, but compared to these other ones, it seems relatively small. Jackie, what catches your attention here and how do you feel about Ripple being so cash flow positive that they're able to expand their team even during these crazy times?
3: Yeah, I think that that's a very positive thing right now. If People are looking into those numbers. I mean, with all of this information, the the layoffs um, that are happening on these big exchanges, uh, the huge, you know, uh, what is it, liquidations that are occurring on other exchanges. I know that's still a tender subject, uh, but so I won't bring that up too much. But that's, that's some big stuff, you know, all these, all these leverage positions that these big exchanges were in and, you know, the possible liquidations, likely liquidations that will occur, you know, here pretty soon. That's huge guys. So the fact that ripple is continuing to build and the fact that they're able to expand their team, I think I heard that Kraken was also expanding their team as well. So that's, that may be something to look into. If you are looking at a centralized exchange, maybe Kraken actually did it right compared to everyone else, but yeah, that, that says a lot about the Ripple team. Um, so, yeah, that makes me really bullish to, to see that they're not having to do any layoffs, that they continued the development behind the scenes, even with the SEC case going on. Um, a lot of good things, and I think it'll bode well for them in the end for this.
0: Completely agree, Jackie. And what we're showing on the screen right now is exactly what Ripple's main product is. What RippleNet does is it takes US dollars, converts them into XRP, sends that XRP cross border, and then converts it into euros. So we're going to see more and more of that going forward. Just to give a quick example of why, if you're going to send a billion dollars in our current banking system, that's going to take seven days to settle and cost you $300,000, right? If you're going to use XRapid, which is Ripple's main product, sorry, RippleNet is what they call it now. I'm an OG investor. So it was XRapid when I first bought it. But what RippleNet offers now is you're able to uh, execute that transfer instantaneously and to transfer a billion dollars, it's going to cost you $2.40. So what's going to happen here is you're going to have this technology be adopted and anybody who doesn't use it is going to be left behind. We have 261 live listeners. Show us some love and smash that like button. If you're looking for Johnny Crypto, well, he's out traveling the world this morning. So smash it again. Send him love and high vibrations. We love our friend. But we're going to kick it into our next story. Johnny, I want
3: a Mickey Mouse stuffed animal.
0: You heard it from Jackie. She (laughs) wants a Mickey Mouse stuffed animal. The U.S. Central Bank hikes benchmarks by 75 basis points. This is the largest hike since 1994. We are in a time right now where inflation is at 8.6%, and that's the highest it's been since the mid-1980s. So we are in an extremely unique environment here. Yesterday, the Fed raised rates by 75 basis points, and typically for every 100 basis points raised, the S&P will regress 15%. So what people are indicating now is that we got a 75 basis point raise. We're going to see the S&P correct 12.5% in the coming months and it could be more because they're indicating right now that they plan to increase the rate by an additional 1.5% over the coming months. Inflation remains well above our long-term goal of 2%. Over the 12 months ending in April, price-to-earnings ratio is up 6.3% and that's excluding food and energy prices. So this is what's so funny about when they categorize inflation, they talk about things that we're not buying. So they're talking about food prices. Those are excluded. You want to talk about gas prices. That's excluded. You want to talk about your heating bill. That's excluded. But these are some of our largest expenses. Gonzo, what catches your attention here? And if the Fed raises rates by another 1.5% throughout the end of this year, how do you anticipate the markets reacting?
2: Um, well, so first of all, anyone that's in, in the market, I think we're more educated when it comes to kind of finances, right? That's kind of what when you go down the rabbit hole of crypto. So I think it was nothing that we didn't already expect. I think that if it would have been a hundred basis points that would have kind of maybe surprised people. Um, but the 75 basis point, I think we already knew that. Right. Um, I think it was already kind of baked into the market. Um, so you could see how the market reacted, um, yesterday, right. Um, it came down, but then it kind of rebounded a little bit. Um, I, I think that um, we're going to continue to have issues, right? Depending on what happens and how they raise rates. Cause on the next one, because I don't think that 75 is going to do it. Right. Um, I, I, I said this before, before we had the numbers that inflation was going to go up. And I think that will either be, I, I think we're at double digit inflation, right? I, I think we already talked about this. They fudged the numbers, right? So um, it's going to be interesting. Um, but I do think that the market is going to react and it usually reacts in a bad way. Right, because we're tied to the stock market. Um, so when the stock market and the Nasdaq and all that comes down, then we go down. Um, I definitely think um, there's more chaos to come.
0: And I covered this with Mario earlier this week. I read an article that said of the ninety-eight, sorry, ninety-three trading days that have happened in 78 percent of those crypto and the S and P have been directly correlated. That means if the S and P goes down, Bitcoin and crypto are going down. If the S and P goes up. Bitcoin and crypto are going up. That happened on 78 of the 93 trading days within this year so far. So you brought up something really important. We haven't detached from the general markets. And that's exactly what consensus seems to be. The entire crypto economy at the time of this article was $980 billion. Now we're all the way down to 900 flat. But it seems that the Fed announcement was priced into crypto in the stock markets as we haven't seen a huge regression today. Jackie, what are you anticipating from this news? And how do you feel about the Fed continuing to raise rates going forward?
3: And, oh, uh, I don't know. I honestly, if if we're talking about like a general sentiment um, about the market, I I do feel like we with this news, this ongoing news, um, we could continue to go down for sure. We are at a good point, um, support a good support point, obviously um, from past history. But guys, we're at a time that we haven't seen before. You know, not not at all. We haven't seen these these. Uh hikes, we haven't seen, you know, this point in time that we're at. I mean, yeah, we can go back and kind of compare in history. But like, even within the crypto market, there's still so many things that could occur both ways. And I was talking about this on the call yesterday within the Academy. Um, And there's there's a catalyst for both directions, honestly. So it is very confusing. That's why and and yeah, I did mention this on the show yesterday. That's why you have to take advantage of the now, right? Um, So that's, that's kind of that's kind of what I'm doing to kind of maneuver what's going on, because, yeah, I'll, I'll go back and forth all day long. But we do have really two really good catalysts that we mentioned yesterday that could really, you know, boost us back up in in kind of getting that cat bounce that we've talked about, um, that the XRP case and then EE 2 rolling out. So those are some things to look out for. Um, but definitely hedge your bets on on who's in control at this point in time and the news that's most like that's mostly getting getting pushed at this point in time. So, so do your due diligence in that regard.
0: Yes. There's a reason they say billionaires are built in the bear market. This is the best time to not only build your portfolio, but also educate yourself. And that's what our final article for today is about. Mario, I'm going to come to you first on this one. American billionaire businessman David Rubenstein said that crypto would not go anywhere despite the ongoing market correction. He predicted that the value of cryptocurrencies will continue to fluctuate, but believes their valuation is far too high for crypto to become irrelevant. And that's what we reiterate every day. That's the only quote I want to take from this article. We're going to start closing it down here, but I want to kick it to Mario and get some closing comments. Rubenstein talks about how crypto, even at a $900 billion evaluation, which is severely undervalued, is still too big to fail. I think that's what we should end this episode on, Mario. Why don't you give our listeners a little bit of positive news today and what you're doing in the market to survive during these crazy times.
1: I think that that statement is 100% accurate. I, I agree with it and, uh, absolutely agree with it. I think that the, the market has been has had moments of way more uncertainty. you know now we've got so many things like institutions and all that good stuff that we got finally we're starting to get regulation being talked about in in government so that's that's amazing. and um, to answer your question, yeah I'm, um, I actually posted a video to my YouTube channel yesterday showing the three coins that I'm currently dollar cost, cost averaging into. And uh, I'll let everybody know what that is. It's uh, Avalanche, Cosmos, and Freeway Token. And so you guys can go check that out, do a little bit of research. But I think the crypto market is just getting started. It's it's got so much potential. We're all still so early. And I just want to take this moment as well to say thank you to everyone in the chat that comes in and tunes in, comes in and and gives us support on a daily basis. We really appreciate it. We really feel all the love. And uh, it's like it's one of the best part of our days coming here and, and getting to talk to everyone. So really, thank you so much, guys. Well, it's not one of the best part of our days. It's the best part of the day.
0: And I want to close it out here by saying thank you to the Node Defender. Thank you to Gonzo. And thank you for Jackie. And thank you to every single one of our live listeners. We are building the strongest community in the crypto space. And this journey is just getting started. We plan on growing with all of you throughout these years. And we're going to do it on this channel. Show us some love and smash that like button on your way out of here. And we're going to close this thing off the same way we always do. Warriors, rise. Get your shit together, baby. Let's go. Let's go. Let's go. (laughs) <laughs> 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 <to> I'm
2: <laughs> <laughs>